Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. It's not October yet, but we're going to be talking about some paranormal activity. I don't understand why Halloween. I mean, I guess it is because of Halloween, right, Mikey? It's all the paranormal and spooky stuff. One of, one of the theories is is during uh, um, Halloween month, uh, or Samheim is what they call it, uh, that the veil between the living and the dead is the thinnest. Um. I don't know if that's 100% true. I, I think that it depends on, you know, the energy of where you're at, the location, um, you know, the energy you're bringing. Um, I, I, I mean, there are timing aspects uh, to certain hauntings, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I buy into that necessarily. I wish they wouldn't use the words like veil and all these types of things. Why can't we just say like an afterlife? That's a lot better than the veil. Well, I think the reason, and this goes into one of my theories uh, to what we're kind of interacting with, um, is that the afterlife has layers. And one thing I'll notice during investigations is I'll ask, you know, how many entities are in the room with me? Some of them will respond with five, some of them two, some of them will say seven. And I feel like there's there's layers in the afterlife. And the ones that say the higher numbers are probably more powerful entities and have more energy. So they can see all the entities throughout all the layers while other ones are kind of limited because they don't have as much power as the, uh, the more powerful ones and isn't enough energy. So they're limited to just what's on their layer. So that's why one will say seven because they're that one's seeing all the layers. One will say five because they're seeing just their layer and then layer below them. And then some of them will say like two. And they're also limited, the ones that say two, I try to ask questions geared towards them to see if uh, see if they can move around a location. Uh, some of them are limited to a specific room for whatever reason. Are you basing power level on like the violence and what their deaths cause that might cause them to be lingering? Or is it the fact that they might have been in the veil for however extended period of time and it just builds up this power level? Well, I actually think uh, energy dissipates. Um, so the longer that they would be in there, um, not necessarily that it, that it would limit their layers, but, um, actually my screen just went blank. Can you still hear me? Yeah. <laughs> you can already start ripping on me that <laughs> I can't see you at all, but Is, wait, the whole screen's dark. The whole screen went dark. <laughs> can't be talking about the paranormal on zoom. They don't like that. <laughs> I know. Zoom's like, I'm not on any layers. <laughs> I'm the dictator of the layers. But yeah, I don't know what happened, but I, I can't see it all. But anyways, um, I, I feel that, uh, you know, energy can dissipate. So it might even poss be possible that the uh, entities that are limited to specific rooms and specific layers. It's kind of uh, like you're talking to entities. a. It's kind of like you're talking to a ghost right now because you can't see me. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to pause it because we have to fix that. I should have just been messing with you the whole time, like. You're Dude, in a I dark you tower. Get out of my house. <laughs> no, for everybody listening, Mikey is a paranormal investigator. He works for a team with a recent guest that I just, he's been a frequent guest on the show. Um, he investigates locations. They have a YouTube channel and everything like that. I'll make sure I link it in the description for you to be able to click. But when we talk, my, my question I was going to ask you, which I've completely forgotten already. Um, then we went on this Halloween kind of what that all means, but the veil. I mean, it's interesting because. I do have a little bit of paranormal belief. It's not something I would put at the top of the category. I think the government uh, kind of 
is obviously the first thing I want to look into. The second thing would be the UAP thing, because I got (laughs) to know what's going on. But the paranormal stuff, I think there is a lot of unexplainable things. And we talk about energy, and you said energy dissipates, and you think that sexually with these ghosts getting weaker. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I've heard many different theories about the paranormal type stuff. But you remember the show Coast to Coast AM? No. No, it was an old show. Well, it's still on today. They always talked about all the weird, interesting stuff, but it used to be on the radio and people would listen in their cars on like long drives, like one o'clock in the morning or something like that. And this guy, Art Bell, would interview paranormal people, like a bunch of people would call in with questions about UFOs, ghosts and all this type of stuff. I was just curious because it is an older show. Like, like I said, back on the radio days, I'm like the only one of my generation that knows what that damn show was and i'm like that's what i try and structure mine like we can talk about any topics you want but i like the paranormal stuff it's interesting i just think i mean do you feel like the general public is open like you kind of whip whip out the people like hey my name's mikey bowser and i'm a paranormal investigator like or is that any time at a bar that topic of discussion ever come up well you you went blank again but that's fine I, i'll just uh assume that you're not making faces at me uh, now i am <laughs> Yeah. But um, I, yeah, I mean, I do bring it up. Um, I find the only people that really, I mean, obviously, people are skeptical. Uh, a lot of my family uh, will, you know, bust my balls about, oh, you're just faking stuff. And, you know, I can assure you, uh, if I were faking stuff, like I would probably have a TV show already, because our content uh, is raw, and it's real. And some people can find it boring because of that. Um, but I find that as far as your question goes, a lot of the people that kind of go against it, that just aren't skeptical of it are the religious people. Um, cause a lot, it kind of goes against their belief system in what the afterlife is. Uh, so I do have like a coworker. He's really, really religious. He's probably, he's one of my best friends at work. Um, but as far as he actually went, uh, we released our dot one documentary in the movie theater a couple years ago and he actually showed up, uh, and he talks about demons and all that fun stuff. But, um, but yeah, I, I find like, he always combats me. He thinks that anything I'm interacting with is a demon and I'm like, no, it's, it's not, there's, you know, there's some good energy out there. Um, but that I, I find that's the biggest, uh, biggest hurdle is people who have those religious beliefs that feel like what we're doing contradicts everything that they believe in you think it's because it questions the fact that if there is a heaven or a hell like if there's ghost or remaining energy still here and you believe that is a paranormal not a religious thing that kind of impedes on the belief that their loved ones are in a heaven somewhere or their loved ones or whoever accusers whatever you want to say are burning in a pit somewhere i mean it really shakes that moral ground and religion i mean i think it's old obviously but could the paranormal be just as old i mean it's if it's always been here but which do you think that i guess the public if you could take maybe from your own personal opinion what do you think it's more people are in belief of that there is like a heaven and a hell or do you believe that people just believe there's like an afterlife like a paranormal thing um i mean i have no you know, raw statistics on it. Um, I, I know that most people, when I start talking paranormal, um, do have a belief of it. Um, whether even the, even like the religious types, like I was saying, uh, my, about my friend, he believes in it. He knows like my integrity and I'm not going to fake anything or do anything like that. But, um, 
he thinks that you know it's it's all like i said demons and and negative energy um where i i think uh as far as the general public goes i think most people do have uh, a belief that there is energy there uh whether it's actual you know ghosts or if it's just raw energy um i i don't know i mean I, my i have several theories about what we're interacting with and I don't know if I'm really sold on, hey, it's, you know, ghosts, you know, I, I I do believe that, you know, there is energy that we're interacting with. Um, but there's not enough scientific data to really justify that it's actual ghosts uh, and not, you know, something else. Have you ever felt like you were in danger on any of your trips? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the video clips uh, I'm going to share, uh, hopefully my screen doesn't go blank when I'm trying to share it. <laughs> but uh, the one time at a place called the Monroe House in um, uh, forget what city it's in. I, I It's in Indiana, the state of Indiana. Um, there's a theory when they built the house that they removed some kind of artifact um, from so they could build the foundation and it was like a religious artifact and they believe that causes the energy at that location um, and the first paranormal thing that happened there um, it was actually on a tv show uh, 48 hour lockdown now I don't really watch too many of the tv shows um, I don't really digest a lot of paranormal um, content to be honest with you just you don't you know, have a subscription to a magazine or anything <laughs> no, not really. Um, just because I, I feel like uh, it's really hard to figure Shit. out what's real. I and what's changed fake. my oil once and I got a car <laughs> magazine. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm, I'm afraid of like a lot of the the main network stuff. I mean, I'm not going to talk smack on anybody in the field uh, just because we we do try to believe we call it para unity. Um, but I do believe that a lot of people really do the like oh my god did you hear that noise and freak out uh just to kind of get clout and and viewership um which i, I think is i've kinda... interviewed a lot of people at those like that work at those prisons or those kind of like what you would call a haunted locations like rundown prisons where a lot of deaths happen or something like that and one guy cj who was on my show talking about this um the x-files visited him and he explained they did try and hype it up behind camera and everything like that. They tried to set things up to make it sound like, hey, could you do me a favor and scream at this moment so we can shoot it like this? Look, I get it. If you're getting paid, I don't know, like a however much money funded into your movie or something like that or your show, you need something if you're shooting for a week and you don't have anything by day six. But I, to me, it was just interesting because I'm just like, yeah, I mean, you do put a, I, I, show me the facts of it, though. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather it be like if you didn't find anything, you didn't find anything. That's fine. I mean, it's going to suck for a show, but no, I agree 100 percent. And that, that's why, like I said, a lot, a lot of our content, um, you know, even my own team says, oh, documentaries are can be boring. Yeah, because it's real. Like, I'm not going to we're not going to fake stuff and and do that. I think I think if you're presenting something and you're doing that, uh, you need to say that, you know, dramatization. Yeah, you need to indicate that you're what you're doing is not real. And that's the hard part. And that's why I don't digest a lot of paranormal content, because I feel there are a lot of people that are hyping stuff up and, you know, someone maybe on their camera crew will accidentally stub their toe in another room and it'll make a knock sound and they'll go, oh, my God, what was that? Even though, you know, like it, as a parent, a true paranormal investigator. What you need to do is try to debunk what what you're interacting with. 
or what sounds, what, what things that you feel are potentially paranormal, you should try to take the next step and try to debunk it. Um, and I, I feel like a lot of the TV shows just, just roll with it. Just because like you said, they're, they're shooting for six days and they need to put out some content. Um, that's why, like, I, I feel like there, there's a, one of the first paranormal TV shows was called ghost hunters, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm not a big fan of the ghost hunter ter- term myself. Um, but I, they, they've had episodes where they didn't really get much at all and they still release that. And I, I, I do respect them for that. Um, but going back to your other question, did I ever feel in danger? Um, at the Monroe house, like I said, they did a 48 hour lockdown with, uh, Nick Groff and Kate Weidman, I think her name is. Um, and the guy called them in that owns it. He was actually planning on flipping the house. And as he was working in the house, he was getting all these weird things happening to him. Like he got pushed off a ladder um he went into the kitchen one time and all the all the cabinets opened as he entered the room just all kinds of weird stuff so he called called them in and there was a hole in the basement that developed in the wall and the uh nick groff crawled up in there and when he was in there he felt something kind of tug at his leg and i i forget exactly how they found them but um, they ended up finding human remains in the in the hole in the basement. Uh, it was just a couple bones. Um, and now, when you when they they've opened it to the public for investigations, if you can go in there, you can't go to the exact area where they found the bones, but you can crawl up in the hole and there's like a plexiglass around where they found the bones because I, I think there's safety issues with doing that. So. I was in there doing the Estes method, which is you have the spirit box, which I've described to you. I mean, you've seen it a million times, but uh, for anybody who doesn't know, a spirit box is a device that goes through radio frequencies at a rate of one to three frequencies per second. And the theory is that, uh, you know, entities can communicate with you through the white noise that those sweeps generate. So the Estes method is you take a spirit box, hook it up to noise canceling headphones, and you get you blindfold yourself um and then you the person doing this will call out what they hear through the spirit box through the headphones and other people in the group will ask them questions so they can't hear the questions being asked they just hear what's coming through the spirit box and we we've had some wild results but this one in particular Sean I was in the hole in the uh, in the basement wall Sean was outside of the hole asking me questions and I kept getting a man coming through saying, I'm going to get him. I'm going to grab him. I'm going to get him. And uh, where you sit uh, when you're in the hole, it's a, a dirt floor. And there's a really, really shitty, raggedy carpet uh, over top of that. And at one point when he's saying, I'm going to grab him, I'm going to get him. I felt like something kind of pushing up on the uh, carpet that I'm sitting on. And I felt like a, a, a large hand cut my testicles. That's and, right. I remember. Yeah. That. Did I tell you this story already? Yeah, you told me, and then Sean mentioned it as well too. But damn, if that rug really didn't tie the room together. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was. I it, so I was already kind of freaked out going in there, uh, just because I had to kill probably like four really gigantic spiders that were very scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so that already kind of had me on edge, and then you know you get your your balls grabbed by an invisible man 
um you know that kind of freaks you out a little bit wait so you did... didn't want the spiders to bite you like that one kid that got bit by like 400 spiders trying to be spider-man I was just going to say, the only time I want to get bit by spiders is if I get superhuman powers. That's there was the a only... kid that was hospitalized recently because he got bit by over 400-something spiders. <laughs> and his excuse awesome. was he was trying to be Spider-Man. I was like, look, I am not mad at the kid. I get his train of logic. I would have done the same exact thing. But you're already on the on the verge. I mean, you already look like Spider-Man. You just need to get those powers. We don't know if uh, Tom Holland's going to be Spider-Man anymore, so let's not bring him up. Okay, okay, okay. Well, you could fill in for him. At uh, least be a stunt double. <laughs> uh, I hate that you brought that up. Why do you got every episode of Tom Holland reference? Um, <laughs> you said you didn't like the word ghost hunter. Is that just because it seems that like it kind of throws it in like that you're going and trying to capture ghosts when really you're just kind of trying to explore the unknown? Well, I mean, it's not that I don't like the term ghost hunter. I just don't consider myself a ghost hunter. Um, I feel like, and this is not to, to go, you know, undermine anybody in the field doing anything. Cause I, I feel like, Hey, if you want to do your thing, however you want to do it and you're successful with it, Hey, more power to you. Um, but I feel like the term ghost hunter is probably a lot of the people in the field. And, and what I feel the difference is like, I consider myself a paranormal investigator. So ghost hunters, in my opinion, are more like. We're going to go to this haunted location. We're going to interact just like paranormal investigators do, but we're not going to analyze our evidence. We're not going to really dive into the history of the location. We're not really going to see how our evidence coincides with the history. And we're not trying to really expand on the field, um, meaning like trying new techniques to see if we can actually figure out what we're interacting with, where paranormal investigators. Like, that's why my documentaries are boring. And then <laughs> to some people, I'm trying to figure out one, how one, I'm analyzing the evidence Two, I want to figure out how my evidence coincides with the history of the location. And three, I want to just generally try to figure out what we're interacting with and try to like, see what kind of powers these, these beings may have. Um, cause we've run into some things like at the inspiration house, um, in Ohio, um, Phil, when we, when he first got there, took a selfie and, uh, there's a psychic in the UK and I, I'm not, I'm very skeptical on yeah. skeptical on psychics. I mean, I remember you had those two guests that were psychic debunkers. I'm kind of in more in that realm. I'm very skeptical of them, but if I got to say that if there's a psychic, that's real, she, this one definitely is. Just from that selfie he took before we even started investigating or anything, she left a comment on Facebook saying, you just be careful. You're going to run into a trickster tonight. This trickster is going to pose as, as other people. Just, just know, don't give it too much information and just see what, what comes out. But it's not what it's going to say it is. And so we were doing the investigation and it, we kept getting you know, stuff from former locations that we investigated. Like we kept getting, kept saying Walter, which was uh, Walter Shepard, who we interacted with at Dar Mine in Pennsylvania, which is the uh, second largest mining um, accident and tragedy uh, in U.S. history. So we kept getting Walter Shepard. We kept getting Emily Davis, uh, who's the little girl that haunts the Bel Air house in Ohio. 
we kept getting um, Jacob Hetherington, who's the person that built the Bel Air house. So we kept getting all these names and we didn't see the comment beforehand. And then at the end of the night, Phil decided to, to call um, this, this woman. And we, we told her like, oh, we kept getting this stuff from other locations. And she's like, well, I, I told you, you're going to run into a trickster. I'm like, what are you talking about? And she said, well, I, you didn't see my comment on Phil's picture. I told you you're going to run into a trickster. Now, we did not give any of these names at any point, but this trickster en entity was able to get these names from other locations and present itself as these entities. Fucking everybody's got access to the internet now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but no, one, one of the things I've been trying to test lately on investigations is and I, I say lately, I've only tried it once so far, but I'm going to try it. We're going back to the Monroe house again. Hold on, for... They got 5G in the other dimension. Yeah. <laughs> they're can... still on 4G, so they didn't get as many names. You know, if they're I... on 5G, they could get every name from every location. I can't but... get shit where I live. <laughs> but one of the things I, I've been trying to test is um, trying to see if entities can read our minds. So... I got a better way of doing it. I just offhandedly tried it. Uh, we were doing a public investigation at Indiana State Sanitarium. Um, and obviously in, in Indiana, we were doing a public investigation. And I kept telling people, you know what? I want you to think of a word. Now, don't say the word. Just envision the word written out and think of it very hard. And then now I want you to take that word and put it into an image in your mind and think very, very hard on that image. Now, I don't want you to, I want you to blank out everything else, all your surroundings, and just focus strictly on that image and that word. And once you have that, that, you know, everything else blanked out, I want you to raise your hand. And then I'm going to ask the entities, can you tell me what this person's thinking? And it, we didn't get any results yet. Uh, Indiana Sanitarium. I mean, most of it's, you know, former, former patients and guards. And I, I don't know if there's entities powerful enough there to, to have that ability, but I want to test it at the Monroe house. Cause I do feel that there's very, very powerful entities there that could possibly have that ability, but that it's things like that, that I feel like separates what a ghost hunter is versus like ghost hunters are just like fishermen. They just want to go out. Hey, can you turn that light on? Awesome. They don't want to elaborate on anything where paranormal investigators were trying to really push the boundaries and really figure out what we're, we're interacting with. Do you think that a show has more weight to it if there's people who are academics that are involved and also studying it, like they bring scientists and things of that sort, researchers there? Or do you think that people can qualify for themselves? For instance, it's kind of like this question might – I didn't see you nod in your head, but this might change after I say this. You're not an academic. You're not a you know scholarly scientist person, but you've done enough research and been on enough investigations to me that I would come to you adv for advice over a scientist or a researcher because you've actually had the experience. You've probably done way more than your own research when it comes to just looking up either the history of the house, the history of just or just paranormal stuff in general, trying to find anything to give you, uh, I guess, a reasonable conclusion on some things as well, too. 
So I, I'm curious. I mean, obviously, a show is going to have a lot more weight if you have a scientist in a white lab coat with a clipboard that's kind of there like, yep, this place is haunted. How do you know? And then just taps the drywall. And he's like, that's how I know. And it's like, all right, thanks, man. But you can get the same thing from a guy in blue jeans that's walking up with a Make America Great Again hat and goes, ah, there's a ghost in this location. How do you know? Well, my beer, it never lands face down. And he tosses his beer up in the air and it lands right side up. So you're like, I don't know. I mean, what, what do you think adds weight for you or what you would need as a checklist? to be able to fully believe or agree with the way that a production style would do if it was going to be a paranormal show. Well, I, I think that it's the perfect scenario. I mean, I, I have a chemist um, that I work with cause I, I work for an oil company um, and I'd love to, to have him on an investigation. He's open to it, but his, uh, his family won't, won't allow him because they, they don't want him to bring anything negative home. Uh, he actually looks like Egon from Ghostbusters to a T, so it would be perfect. But I, I do feel if you could get a team where you have that scientist and then maybe have a carpenter or someone who does home remodeling to help with debunking stuff. So you could say like, oh, okay, we just heard this noise. You know, hey, Tim or Bob or whatever your name is. Can you go and see if there's any structural issues in that area that may cause that creaking noise? The house is still settling. This house was built in fucking the 1800s. What do you mean it's still settling? <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, in a, in a perfect world, yeah, you would have uh, a team with those capabilities and that background. I mean, I have a master's in business, so obviously I'm not the most scientific, but I think just um, as you gain experience in the field, if you really do a deep dive into you know, energy, uh, electromagnetic energy, and just really try to take your theories to the next level, even with a basic knowledge of, you know, whatever you're researching. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's possible that you can come up, come through with, uh, you know, some breakthrough stuff without having to have that background. It, it, um, is your screen still black? Yeah, it is. Try and like move it around a little bit while I'm talking on this one, just to see if you can get it highlighted it back up. Yeah, we're going to end up showing clips here uh, soon. But like, do you think it's your also your energy that you bring into the location that also might affect the way you guys might? No, you froze. See... Oh, you. I, I froze? Oh. Um, when you bring the energy. No, that no, you bring, you're back. You're back. <laughs> the energy that you bring in, do you think that it happens to do with something like do you listen to Metallica before you go? You know, if you're getting into this anger or rage vibe, or do you feel like you have to clear out everything and just kind of go in with like a no energy type vibe, just kind of monotone? Oh, no, no. I, I definitely think it's the energy you bring in a hundred percent because they feed off that energy. So the energy you bring in, um, the more energy and I, I have ADHD. So I bring in, you know, a ton of energy to these investigations. They're going to respond to that energy for sure. A hundred percent. For example, I, I don't know why I've been getting a lot of sexual stuff um through through uh the last couple investigations you look good you taking t booster what are you doing <laughs> yeah no i just working out like crazy so i keep getting these these spirits wanting to hit on me actually uh i have one of the in the clips uh it's an old one from trans allegheny where uh i get hit on by a, a spirit through the spirit box Damn. how old are you uh, i'm 1500 years old is that legal i mean I'm like, she's, yeah then i'm like oh i'm 37 she's like giggity <laughs> <laughs> get to, get them 1500 year old cougars after you <laughs> hey look some of those pictures of some of those people when they're built in the buildings i'm like hot damn look at that that's a 
That's something I missed out on, right? You should have been born. That's what they mean. A little bit of her ankles there. Damn. (laughs) That's what they mean when they say I was born the wrong time. Because some of those pictures, I'm like, damn. Yeah. But no, I I do 100% feel that that's the energy. And we, I mean, you know, when I'm in investigator mode, I get real serious. But prior to that, if we get to the location early, I mean, we're all a bunch of assholes. So we're just going to you know, jag around and and be dumbasses. And it does respond. I mean, even even during investigations, sometimes I'll I'll play around a little bit, um, which you'll see in one of the clips. Um, you know, and they'll respond to that. Uh for some reason, uh when we did that public, which is the most recent investigation I've been on, which was I think like three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago, um, I was doing the Estes method up in this attic of the they call this place the, the building the mansion. Uh, and it's where the people that owned the place lived um, at Indiana State Sanat- Sanatorium. And I was up in the attic and I kept getting uh, the people were downstairs asking me questions. And I kept getting orgy Ooh. and all this like sexual stuff, orgy on the front lawn, like I'm horny. And I got 14. And when I got 14, they asked me downstairs because I can't hear the questions. They asked me, how old are you? And it's, I said 14. So we feel that it was like a teenage boy just kind of being like a little bit of a pervert. Okay. But so then I actually got teenage... teabagged by a ghost too. Wait, go back to that. Cause I think our first discussion, I talked about what happens if there was an app where you could see ghosts through the app. Yeah. You could like show people. And it's like, but that would be horrible. Cause then you'd have like, what happens if a bunch of ghosts just are. You know, have their balls all over you or something. Oh like yeah, that. You I think know. you said least... during Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> yeah, now I'm just—it's ignorance is bliss at this point. Yeah, no, I was doing a Estes method um, later on that night in a uh, in a patient's room, and when I started, it was just me, Sean, Jen, and then this couple um, that was with us during the public. Because when you do a public investigation, you bring people who aren't on a team. Uh, they come and they pay a fee, and then you know, as a There's always a dude in a Hawaiian shirt with like a 40 ounce big gulp that's sitting there like, yep, seen that before. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's got a big old dip in. (laughs) But um, so I was doing it and um, I kept getting penis. I got penis three times. And and, and, like I said, it was just us in the group. And then it uh, it says forehead. And I'm like, nope, nope. I took my uh, my headphones off. I'm like, I'm not getting teabagged by a ghost. And when I took the headphones and the blindfold off, I noticed there's like 20 people just in the hallway listening to what I was saying. <laughs> and I was like, okay, just so you guys believe that I was actually, you know, you know, potentially getting teabagged by a ghost. I'm going to, I unhooked the, um, the headphones. And so they could hear the spirit box. And I said, um, uh, I just want to know, were you trying to teabag me? And I turned on the spirit box and it said, just the tip, like really yeah. clearly. <laughs> just that's how it starts. And then it always goes downhill from there. That's, that's the only reason you need a time machine is this. I always hear all the time. Kids today just don't understand or kids today are so different or kids today are just, you know, something bad about kids today. And I go, I would like to go back in time and know what those kids were talking about back then. And you saying that about the ghost, I just wonder if it's like a little kid just going, Hey, put your balls on his foot, just something where I'm like, all right, so we're the same still. It's just a different time technology. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what everybody makes jokes. Like what, what are uh, paranormal investigators in 40 years going to hear? Like you'd be like, yo, yeet, yeet, yeet. And shit. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> I wonder if you dive into the paranormal stuff as much as you have, if, 
when if you if you came back as a ghost, what would that be like? Would you know the tips and tricks still to be able to contact or get a message through? Because some of these messages are very clear, and some of them are very like kind of you have to like, eh, maybe something there, maybe something there. And you could say it's the power of the spirit or something like that. But I also just go imagine if you just found a way. Like sometimes you catch it at the right moment. You know, it could be a technology thing that the, somehow the technology picks up something that maybe it was a certain area in the house that you got it from. Yeah, everyone that I've heard paranormal discussion wise has always talked about a certain part of the house or certain part of the location seemed like it had more than the other. I don't know what that is. You know, maybe it's. Um. Yeah. I think it's kind of there's there's several variables there. I think it's timing um, as well as just uh, environmental elements. Uh, sometimes things will respond more if uh, if it's a perfect scenario of energy, like if there's, you know, a lightning storm or if they respond better to high humidity. Because, um, for example, like uh, I mentioned door mine earlier. The first time we went there, it was super active. We went there during a winter time, which one of the video clips I'm going to show is from Darmine. Um, and we had so much activity. And then recently we went there probably probably like five or six weeks ago and we didn't really get anything. And it was, you know, during the summertime. So I think I think it, I think different elemental things and just timing in general affect uh, how active a location will be. OK, well, let's look at some of these uh, clips all right i'll try to see you know you already this, said you're gonna rip on me is the screen black again or are you good no i see you okay okay all right i'm gonna try to share this we'll see what happens oh, what the hell's all this bluetooth devices yeah get out of there what are you doing there's my email if anyone wants to send me some cool stuff look at all this porn look at all this porn so um this first clip, podcast video so this first clip, um, can you hear me fine, Robbie? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know how it was when I video shared. So Did this you first share clip, with sound? Yeah. Yeah, okay. we're good. It should. Should be good. Because um, there's no sound on that. Because this is uh, just going to kind of talk about the history. So this is from our um, one of our documentaries, Possessed and Oppressed in a Town Called Bel Air. Uh, it's about the Bel Air house. Super haunted location. Um, usually the first night, you don't really get too much activity. The second night, you get a lot. Uh, and we always felt like it's the house kind of studying you. And then the second night's when it lashes out. Um, first time, uh, I wasn't there for the first time. Uh, but Sean and you've interviewed Garrett before uh, in April. Um, they were there and there was an actual possession that happened. I think Sean uh, was mentioning that. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, it's a very dark place. Crazy history. Um, there's a little girl that haunts the location named Emily Davis. Uh, a lot of people feel that it's a demon. Um, it's definitely a negative entity. A lot of the times, Emily will pose herself as the little girl, and then also as a man's voice. So it'll come through like, I'm Emily, like a little girl. And then other times it'll be like, oh, I'm Emily. So there, there's a lot of negative stuff. This clip in particular, um, we don't, I think we have a spirit box running, but it's not the spirit box that I want people to look at. Um, what I want you to look at is, will this play bullshit go down? In the bottom corner where it has the date time signature, take a look at that section of the screen. Because um, uh, Garrett asked the entities to uh, show us something, and we'll leave, we'll close up for the night.
So as you can see, so like I said, Garrett says, um, if you show us something, you know, we're, we're done for the night. So this was around 4.30 a.m. Um, and what happens is a man moans through the spirit box and is able to manipulate the bottom of the screen on my camera display, which uh, I found when we were investigating the Bel Air house, a lot of the stuff we didn't hear live just showed up on my camera, even when we weren't running our equipment. So you think it's a, obviously there's a problem with the camera. Something was interfering with whatever's going on with the camera. So you don't think there's actually anything in front of you going on? Because I see it's dark, so I don't know if you possibly yeah i mean it's it's pitch black uh yeah yeah, you can't really see much of anything did you Um, feel anything though because usually you can sense if like someone's in a room with you and the lights are off you kind of get this like vibe that someone's like there there's something there yeah so uh we had a couple things happen in this room um when we first got in there uh there is a fan that's sitting above the bed that my wife and i are laying on there and we asked uh if there's anybody in the room can you make a sign and there's like a drawstring and a little metal um, kind of bead at the bottom of the drawstring. And you just heard a light flick of that bead. So it was like, okay, like something's definitely here. Yeah. Um, we had a flashlight uh, that was sitting on the dresser turned on by itself. Um, and then at one point, uh, and I didn't include this because I didn't want the video to be eight hours long. <laughs> uh, but I, I think I did include it um, last time I was on the podcast. We kept hearing a scratching noise in the cubby hole that was, uh, or closet, I guess, that was behind the, um, where the camera's stationed. And we kept hearing this scratching noise. So I asked, uh, you know, if there's something back there in that closet, can you tell me what you are? And I turned the spirit box on and it clear as day says demon. Like, and then it knocks three times, which the three knocks uh the theory is behind that is that usually coincides with demonic energy because it's mocking the father son and the holy spirit Hmm. so demon's a big thing in the paranormal field because i I feel like a lot of people will throw out that category right away to try to get you know clicks and views um, so everything's a demon because they just want to, you know, get that those clicks and views and demons going to bring people into it. Uh, I'm very not, skeptical on yeah, demonic I energy. I don't do the whole religious thing. So, I mean, I can understand someone's perspective if they want to have a belief in a higher power. Sure. I mean, a lot of things I think in life are just unexplainable and you have to chalk it up into something. But the the demon thing to me is a tough one because that one has interacted i think more with popular culture than the paranormal does and that is debatable because there are a lot of paranormal movies out there obviously ghostbusters was a huge huge franchise it was more of a comedy than it was a serious paranormal thing but there's been a lot more horror movies on the basis of possessions demonic stuff um you know heaven and hell type scenarios satan is a large thing in culture um whether you want to talk about either illuminati stuff or hardcore metal or hardcore rock that's like the symbol of the the beast of rock um so i don't know like the the demon thing for me i could see it overwhelming the paranormal community but that's a lot of people's first thing i think it's you know surprisingly as much as people want to think like oh my grandparents or whoever's watching me or around me or something like that the demon thing is always the first something that when you ever go to like a haunted location or something like that people just think there's like a demon in here or something like that yeah i mean um i'm i'm 
kind of uh, agnostic when it comes to things. Uh, I believe in the possibility of uh, demonic energy. Um, I do, however, 100% believe in inhuman energy. Um, and I feel like there can be inhuman energy. It can be negative. And a lot of the times, if that's the case, they don't really have a title. So it's almost like a personification thing. Like, I need some kind of title to, to call myself to these people. And I'm going to get the biggest reaction if I throw out demon. However, at this location, if I'm going to say that I it, it, believe in demons, I would say that this location would be one that would be have demonic energy. Because we actually got uh, through a device called the Ovulus, which is uh, a device that has a set encyclopedia. I question it. I'm very questionable on it. But it has pre-programmed words in there that uh, the theory is that the spirits can use their energy uh, to manipulate this device and it will spit out, you know, certain words that are pre-programmed. But the only time I don't question it is if I know that it's a, a spitting out a word that isn't pre-programmed in its database. And we actually got in not this room, but down the hallway, we got the, the term Moloch which is the the, the algod well some people call him the algod in in the biblical reference it's a bull god well it's the statue that they have at the bohemian grove if you see the videos i, of I know which one you're talking about yeah. but it, historically it's a bull god they actually have i i forget where it was at somewhere in the middle east they have a statue of a bull a human with a bull head and um pagans um back in the day were the manipulated by Moloch uh, into sacrificing their children. So underneath the statue, there would be a little mound that they could start. They could have a fire, huge fire down there. And these people that uh, believed that Moloch was their god would throw their children into this flame, into the flames as a sacrifice to Moloch. Yeah, Alex Jones has the video of the politicians doing it. They were burning something, but they believe it was just a wood effigy. Yeah, I know which video shot. you're talking about, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Moloch is uh, one of the seven um, angels that followed Lucifer that fell from heaven. Uh, and we did get it at this location. Um, I don't necessarily believe, like if I'm going to go under the theory that I believe in demons and demonic energy, I'm not going to say that Moloch is you know rolling around in Bel Air, Ohio. But it is possible that there could be a portal portal to where Moloch's realm is. And we're the entity that came through saying Moloch is part of Moloch's legion. So it's not Moloch the big big demon. He's a demonic prince or demonic prince, but it would be someone a, a demon that would be underneath him that would be part of his legion. That was my theory. Um, uh, my theory also, not to spoil the documentary, you guys should still watch it, uh, is the Emily Davis uh, entity um, is actually a child, because Emily Davis was real, and it's possible that maybe there were pagans uh, in the Bel Air uh, area, and possibly they sacrificed this little girl in the name of Moloch. So now she returned to the house where she was possibly sacrificed because it did indicate that something bad happened to her uh, in the basement. Um, and now she she goes and, and drains people's energy and takes it back to that realm. 
because uh, actually the possession I was talking about, and you, you mentioned Sean mentioned as well, um, the guy kept saying, the little girl's not a little girl. The little girl's not a little girl. And as uh, the, the one person was performing an exorcism ritual, um, April kept asking the guy, "What? where is she? Where is she? And he's like, "He's she's crawling on the walls right now. She's crawling on the walls. And after the ritual was concluded, um, a couple of the people saw like a, a dark mist go up into the stairwell. And we think it was going back up into the attic. So that's that's probably one of the more crazy locations at the loca- at the place. The real true test is that we have to go find a crossroads and then bury a box in there. And a demon's supposed to meet us at the crossroads. And then somebody's going to ask for like to be legendary at guitar. And I think you get like 10 years and then the deal's up and the, the hellhounds come for you is the myth. Yeah, I think I would just rather just interact with them and not sell my soul. <laughs> I'd be willing to do it if they offered up a good price. Uh, maybe. I'd need more than 10 years, though. <laughs> 10 years to be legendary with a guitar and throw in like a Kate Upton or something for me. I'd there you go. There you go. <laughs> At least I can make that 10 years, the good 10 years. You know what I mean? <laughs> They never do uh, specific detail about if it's a good 10 years or a bad 10 years. Imagine if it's just nothing but mischief and misfortune for 10 years. Yeah, exactly. I I think there's a show. I watched the first couple seasons, then it got a little too ridiculous. I'm trying to think of the name of it. Supernatural. Supernatural. Damn, I called it too. I fucking said it. Did you ever watch it? I watched all 14 seasons. (laughs) Uh, The the one, uh, the demon, I can't remember his name, but he sold it. Yeah, sold his soul for a larger penis. <laughs> and then it just an extra three inches of Willie. <laughs> yeah. And it just didn't really work out for him. Cause I think he, he didn't he die right afterwards or something bad happened to him afterwards. He drank himself to death or something. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think there's always a twist. And I, I actually have a friend who uh is really big into the occult. Uh, I'm sure you know who who he is. Um, but he uh interacts with demonic and angelic energies um and he said with the the demonic energies what you need to do is you need to ask questions very specifically because they always are going to try to twist your words if you request something you need to make sure that you request exactly what you want or else you know they're going to twist your words and they damn Sounds like the goddamn government, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, Whenever exactly. you file a FOIA request, you're like, you need to be specific on that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because they'll, they'll just, uh, what, what do they call it when they black out the letters or the words? Yeah, redacted. Um, And then, like, when you do, <laughs> I guess when the demon or ghost kills you or, or hurts you in some way, it's kind of like doing your taxes. You know, they'll fuck you if you don't do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, uh, as far as this particular scene, though, um, like I said, you had the moan through the spirit box and then you had the static underneath uh, on the camera. So I think that uh, either the end, because I didn't have that static any other time. And I I had probably eight to ten hours of footage that I analyzed thoroughly. So it wasn't a camera malfunction because it did not happen at, at at the whole investigation and we did get other things that happened too where um at one point sean and i were at sean jen hannah and i were in the basement and sean and i couldn't remember the history and um sean just asked emily emily davis wasn't she the mother of the heatheringtons and i was like no emily is and i couldn't remember i was trying to think and as i paused 
a voice showed up on my camera saying, I'm Emily in a very deep voice. And we did not hear it live. So it just showed up on the camera itself. They call that a disembodied voice. And there's two variations where a disembodied voice that you have no equipment on, um, but you can hear it live. And then there's disembodied voices that just show up on your camera. And we had many, we even had a cat come through at one point meowing. And uh, one of the people I always, I always joke that I don't really like the ghost apps. Cause it's kind of like almost like Facebook, like your phone's always listening to you. Um, but there are some things that have happened that I'm like, all right, well, that's, that, that has to be legit. But I still question the, uh, the ghost apps, but the cat was meowing and we didn't hear it live, but it was coming through on the camera as I was reviewing our, you know, our footage. And at one point, um, one of our former members was running a, an app on his phone and it said cat on there as the, the meowing was happening, which I thought was pretty pretty cool and the owner uh during the evidence reveal even said that she had a cat uh she would work in pittsburgh uh so she'd leave for the weekend and work in pittsburgh and she'd stay out you know in pittsburgh all weekend she came back one time and she was missing her cat and she couldn't find it and then a couple weeks later she went down in the basement and she was opening one of the cupboards and she uh, found the dead cat in the cupboard. So it, she later found out the kids broke into the house while she was gone and put the cat in the cabinet. The kids? No, other, some neighborhood kids broke into the house and they put her what cat in one of the cabinets of in the shit. basement. Yeah. So she thinks, I, I forget the name. It was like Sprinkles or or some shit. But she's like, that's definitely her. That's definitely her. So, yeah, you'll have you'll have amazing moments that, like that. Um when you get something and you're like, holy shit. And like, you don't know what you have. That's why I always try to do an evidence reveal with the owners of a location to kind of show them what we have and how it coincides with the history and their own personal history of the location. Cause there's stuff that, you know, a lot of these places like Bel Air house has been on several TV shows, but no one ever had, you know, the cat show up. No one ever had Moloch show up. So it's kind of cool when you when you can try to expand on the history, even the personal history of that that location owner. You want me to go to the next one? Sure. Okay. I like it how you do specialized clips for the show. It means that I've done this show long enough to where I'm established to some people. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they always say you you know you made it when the spirits say your name. So I don't think you shared the sound. I 100% believe you didn't share the sound. Mikey. You didn't share with sound. Oh, I didn't? No. Why is it not sharing with sound? God damn it. This is what happens when you have freaking, uh, you know, old millennials. Hit stop share at the top. And then when you you hit share screen again. Okay. Make sure that box is checked in the corner. I guess we're not established enough to work out all the technical difficulties. (laughs) All right. Let's let's try. Oh, what the hell's going on here? Get away. All right. All we need is the fucking paperclip to pop up and ask me if I need help. Yes. I I know, dude. But I'm too bold to admit it. Now the sound's playing. Okay. So. So just to preface this. That this fucking was... hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to turn it down. So 
<laughs> you yeah it's going to be a little loud the spirit box is not a quiet device so um this is actually during um the pandemic i was working from home uh, i was upstairs and it was around 9 a.m i kept hearing all these noises in my basement we've had a lot of activity in our house before so i'm like you know what i'm gonna go downstairs on my lunch break and see see what's going on so i went down with my spirit box and this is what i got Can you tell me my name? Bowser. So with that one, I actually did a spirit box um, the following night at 2 a.m. down here. I'm banned from doing spirit box stuff now that we have, uh, you know, our our toddler, uh, which I, I respect that. But um, that second voice that said the first voice that said, hello, Mike. I, I've identified as Tony Caruso, and that entity has followed me at several locations. It showed up at the Bel Air House, Hillview Manor, um, trying to think where else, the Inspiration House, a um, couple other uh, other locations. I haven't had them come through in a long time, so I think, uh, like we were talking about energy dissipating earlier, I think uh, I had an attachment, Tony Caruso, and I feel like his energy has dissipated uh, just because he has not shown up at any other location. Did you recently. kill him when you were doing your late night shenanigans or something? No, I just, you know, I was going to say something bad, but we'll get kicked off <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely get dropped if I say what I was going to say. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I have not identified who Tony Caruso is. Um, I, I do feel because uh, in the area where my house is, I have a lot of family. And one of my family members uh, graduated with a guy named Tony Caruso, and he never uh, he he did pass away. Um, he never lived at our house, but that's one common misconception uh, with people in the paranormal field or people just watching paranormal stuff. A person doesn't have to die at a location to have their energy at the location. That's one thing we're we're I try to also work with is trying to figure out why these people are here. Like sometimes, yes, you'll get the home prior homeowner or someone who was historically tied to the house, but other times you'll just get random, you know, entities passing through. And I think those are more powerful entities. And Tony would have been a more powerful entity because he actually attached himself to me and followed me to other locations. And the reason I know that it is the same Tony, because uh, it's the same voice tone and it always comes through as Tony Caruso, kind of an Italian name or Italian accent a little bit. Um, and I don't know where I picked up the attachment because that was when I first started investigating. Um, it is possible that it was here at my house because uh, just a block away, there's a mansion that used to be a hospital, a block that way. And a block that way, there's a cemetery. So it's possible, probably the cemetery, if it is the uh, the person that went to high school with one of my family members. But yeah, you never know where where this energy is coming from. And a lot of more powerful locations, like, for example, the Bel Air house, we kept getting names. Uh, we kept getting a guy named Fred the first time we were there, the first time I was there. And I, there was no historical Fred tied to the location. But there's so much energy there that sometimes if there's energy at a location, possibly being on a ley line, it'll attract the energy of spirits or entities to the location. If that makes sense. Yeah. 
Um, so this next clip, uh, this is one of my favorite uh, EVPs. They they call them EVPs. It's electronic voice phenomena. Uh, so using Spirit Box, um, using a digital voice recorder, or just uh, like I said earlier about the disembodied voices, those would all be considered electronic voice phenomena. It's pretty much anytime someone um, comes through whatever device, or you know, you know, even if there's no devices on, and you're able to interact with them with uh, you know, you know through voice interaction. Uh, so this is Dar Mine, like I said earlier, uh, second largest uh, mining tragedy in the US. Um, we got uh, Walter Shepard, uh, who would, was coming through on flashlights and different different devices that we had earlier in the night. Uh, Walter Shepard was one of the miners, they never found his body. So they just uh, kind of assumed that he died in the accident, but they were never able to locate him. And uh, at this point, we're up on the hill from where the mine is, and I just had the feeling that Walter was still, you know, kind of following us around. Walter, are you here with us? I am Mike. I am Mike. Wow. Oh man. So yeah, that's always cool when they come in and interact like that. That one was clear as day because uh, a lot of the times when you're using a spirit box, um, you won't hear it live. You usually get the interaction as you're reviewing your your footage, but it's always nice when you get those nice, crisp electronic voice phenomenon. You actually hear it live. Yeah. Uh, so this was uh, a video clip. We, we will come out with a documentary at some point. Uh, we returned to the Bel Air house. Uh, this was October of last year. And we're using a device called the GeoPort. Uh, Marcus Hogg, who we investigate with a lot, he's uh, the former owner of Greenville Manor, which I also have a clip from there. Um, it's it's he has the GeoPort. GeoPorts are you know super pricey, so we don't have one in our team. <laughs> but uh, what it is is it's um, pretty much like a spirit box, but it amplifies it and it eliminates the G -g 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 of the uh, of the radio sweeps. So it only brings through the uh, the voices as they come through. So it's a lot clearer. Unfortunately, it's not 100% clear. Uh, you still have trouble hearing stuff, um, but we, we get some pretty cool things on this one. And this was the end of the night uh, on the Saturday. A limited amount of time. Two. Tell us your name. One. Mike. Mike. That's my name. <laughs> He didn't laugh. He laughed. You're being a smart ass. I, I don't know what it said, but I don't like the tone of that. I was like I said before that shit. You know, I, I, it does present itself as a demon. Um, you heard the female voice say it as well. Um, I, I again, I question demonic. Uh, you know, you don't believe everything that comes through. It says it's a demon. I mean, we were at Indiana State Sanitarium on that public and I got demon come through the spirit box several times. I don't I don't feel that there was a demon there. I think it was just someone trying to get a rise. It'll make you believe, though, when it says it in that echoey tone, you're like, you son of a bitch. Oh, the geo box is so sweet. I, I would love to get one, but they're like three thousand dollars. And I just, you know, I have a kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But no, uh, that's, I mean, that's the Bel Air house. We we had a lot of stuff happen. I actually did an experiment using electromagnetic energy um, and just pumped the shit out of the, the whole entire house with electromagnetic energy. And I mean, we, we got some wild stuff that night.
it's a lot of footage because you're there for two days. So it's it's going to take a while to uh, to really get through all that evidence. Um, plus, uh, you know, I have a couple personal things that happened. So I'm kind of like passively going through and working on documentaries. Yeah. I have one in the works, but um, yeah. Take your time with it. For sure. You want it to be good. So uh, the next clip is from the pickle jar. Uh, the pickle jar was an antique store. It actually burnt down. I'm going to say probably like four weeks after we investigated it. I just want to say you are doing a lot of documentaries. So when I mean, take your time with it. I, it's not that I don't think you're going to do it good. It's just that you have a lot going on. So I think you're, oh, you, yeah. you've earned pacing yourself at this point. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, plus I'm working on the audio book too. So that's, it's a lot as an undertaking, but um, anyways, the pickle jar uh, history of that place uh, used to be an, it was an antique store when we investigated it. Um, it used to be a brothel um, and it's pretty wild in the first clip. I got two clips from, from the pickle jar. Uh, you'll see the room that we're in. Um, you won't see the whole room, but it was a, a circular room and it's where the actual brothel was. And it had individual rooms that the, you know, the prostitutes or the escorts would take the gentleman in to, you know, do whatever. And in the center where we're standing is where they actually had a bar. And th there was a gentleman at one point, don't quote me on the year, but I believe it was in the late 1800s. A guy came in and murdered 13 people uh, with a gun. Jesus. Yes. Why a brothel? Those places you never hear about bad interactions. Happen. I think it. I think it was a religious guy, and he felt that what they were doing was was not, you know, a good thing in the eyes of uh, of God. Another reason why I'm not into the religion stuff. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, this is pretty wild. Uh, the second interaction what is crazy. To you? Tom Miller. Tom Miller. Tom, are you here with us? Oh, well, I guess I didn't here. edit very well. <laughs> I put this together very quickly. It's a review process. <laughs> it's, yeah, exactly. So in that in that one, um, that was just two little clips from a spirit box session in the brothel area. And I said, Tom, which is the name of the guy that did the shooting. Tom, are you here? And you hear a bang. It didn't come through the spirit box. Uh, now, it could have been a car outside backfiring, but... The, it was very a huge coincidence if that's the case for any advertisers out there you can just fund this film <laughs> and you get your title here i i literally put this video together friday night as quickly as possible so yeah there, there might be some more rough aspects uh the second video is from the pickle jar it's in the basement um now i can't confirm if this this person that it happens to is not part of the team so I can't, it was one of the workers because some of the workers were there as we were investigating. Um, but if she faked this, I will say that she deserves an Oscar. Is this the table thing where she gets shoved into yeah. a table? You've showed that before. Did I? Yeah. No, you we'll showed show it again. two of the beginning clips too, but it's fine. <laughs> I can't remember. Like I said, I put it together last minute. Jay, no, it's good. I like it. Did you die at this location? Are you okay? Yeah. What happened? What happened? Here, rewind that. Rewind that, please. Uh, it'll play again. So here it is, like in 
slow motion. Like I tried looking at it several times. I tried brightening it up a little bit and it does seem like there might be a tug there, but also her feet are kind of going backwards. Yeah, I think she just tripped herself. Well, I don't think she was moving though. So if, if it, if it wasn't something that actually grabbed her, it was probably intentional, but I will just say if that is the case, that is insane because she went right back into the corner of a table. Hey, I don't think she if you like it's kind of like when you tabletop somebody. I don't think she purposely did that to do that. I think she just went to step back and so I don't know if she's wearing boots or heels, but it looked like she went right into whatever that pallet is and it just seemed like it tripped her. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's why I said afterwards um I'm very kind of skeptical on the physical touch stuff. That stuff is like, I get it. A lot of it's kind of like people's experiences and stuff, but I don't know, something like that violent. I was like, damn, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I will tell you, I I've been touched several times. Um, it, it can't happen. Like I said, with my balls grabbed at the Monroe house. I've also, uh, we were at, uh, excuse me, Hillview Manor. And I, uh, I had somebody like I was laying down blindfolded with a spirit box on my stomach. And I had something come up and like just kind of grab my the inside of my legs, and it's it's really weird when you when you get that to happen. I've heard of people getting scratched. Um, we had a former teammate that was scratched at one point. Uh, we actually had a guest on our podcast recently who she was in, in an investigation where uh, at the location they had children that would get their teeth yanked out as punishment, and someone was like his arm started burning. And he took it, you know, rolled his sleeve up because it was like wintertime. And you could see the uh, the teeth mark forming mm. on his uh, forearm. And you could even see that um, the way the the uh, the teeth were, that there were some missing from from the bite. So it was pretty, pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, it's always hard because it is a, a really personal experience. So it's really you can't really justify it. you got to kind of take it, yeah. you know, the person's word on it. So I get that. Um, I may have showed this one before, too. I don't know. This is from our documentary, The Awakening of Greenville Manor. Um, uh, it was the end of the night. Sean, Hannah, and I were using a, what, a device called the Flux, which is a device that lights up green and red. Um, and you ask uh, closed-ended questions like yes or no, male or female. Um, and earlier in the room, I did a spirit box uh, session by myself. Uh, because when we did the tour, Marcus, uh, who was in that video clip at Bel Air, he told us that when he first bought the place, he had a psychic come through and a psychic said, this room, there's a demon in there. There's something very negative in there. And when we did the tour, there was a girl that actually lived in the house. Her, it was her grandparents' house and she lived with her grandparents there for a couple years and it was set up as their playroom. And she said they they went in there one time, her and her sister. She doesn't remember what happened in the room, but she uh, they they would not go back in there. They they said that something she doesn't remember exactly what happened, but something negative happened, and she just did not want to go in there ever again. So we're using a flux, like I said, it's a green green for yes, red for no type of scenario. And I ask, uh, are you evil? I don't know if I shared this one. If I did, I apologize. <laughs> did you hit play? Yeah, I did. There Are you evil? Green for yes, red for no.
Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for being evil. <laughs> now, you say that you're evil. What are you? Steven. Did you hear that? Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Okay, so that's actually, uh, like I said, from our documentary um, uh, about Greenville Manor. It's on our YouTube page. Um, like I said, I, I anytime things say demon, I, I questioned it. Um, but we did get Moloch there as well um, in that room. And that's the same, you know, demonic entity we got from uh, the Bel Air house. So I don't know if necessarily there are demons there. Um, again, I'm skeptical on demon. But it's possible if there are demonic energies, uh, there could be a portal in that room. And that's why everyone feels there's negativity there. And that portal could lead to the same place that yeah. the portal at the Bel Air house did. Um, so that that was my theory uh, um, at the end of that documentary. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but this next one is the Monroe house. So I, as I told earlier, I got my balls grabbed in the basement. This is right after I got my balls grabbed because unfortunately, I our Dropbox, we're having issues with it. That's where we keep all our, our stuff. But I keep my stuff there as well as on an external hard drive. So all the clips are from what I have on my external hard drive. So I don't have the ball grabbing one, but uh, this was You've right You've played after. that on air already. What's that? You've played that ball grab one on air. Uh, I did? Okay, this is right afterwards. So I did it so I could talk during these uh these pauses. But I keep pausing it because I don't know how much time it gives me. Beautiful house. Yeah, dude, it's it's pretty wild. We're going back in October. I'm pretty pumped for we're going for a whole weekend this time. See if I get my balls grabbed again. Is that what you're really again, aiming for? You want to, you want that happening? Sexual assault? Oh yeah, you know anything? You know you get know. that stuff, it gets you going. I don't like a couple feel, and I don't know who's grabbing. As Sean always says it was him. <laughs> yeah, I just was <laughs> blindfolded and had the spirit box on. <laughs> hey, why are you Man. sitting in the back seat? Why don't you want to sit up front with me? I don't know. After what you said about you grabbing my balls, I don't think I want to sit up front. <laughs> exactly. Man, I really gave us the time to We're talk. We're going to solving mysteries, and we want to solve this one. What is it that haunts this place? What makes it so negative? They dug up God. So, uh, it, like I said earlier, um, they did find human remains in that in that hole in the basement. I don't know if maybe they they perform some perform some kind of ritual, and when they dug up the bones, that there was you know some correlation to the uh, you know if it's a potential sacrifice, some correlation to a god, or like I said earlier, um, when they built the house, there was. Um, uh, writing like someone kept a, a journal as they were working on the house and they found some artifact when they were digging up the foundation and they had to remove that artifact in order to build the foundation of the house so it could it could be either one of those hey did anybody else notice there's a statue of satan in the basement <laughs> exactly i don't know we got to get that out of here the property value is going to go down 
<laughs> so uh, this next clip is from West Virginia State Penitentiary. Um, this would be, I, I consider, more ghost hunting than um, paranormal investigating. Because I always feel like, okay, you go to like these sanatoriums and penitentiaries and lunatic asylums and stuff like that you're interacting with patients, you're interacting with guards, you're interacting with, you know, people that work there, um, where I, I feel like that's more ghost hunting, because you're just getting the interactions from from those, uh, those energies from those, those human beings, where like, I like the places like the Monroe House, the Bel Air House, where I think it's more paranormal investigating, because there's a mystery behind it, you don't know what you're interacting with. Uh, that's, that's kind of how I differentiate ghost hunting and paranormal investigating. Can if a test, if it's paranormal or it's demonic, can you ask it a question that would be a future question? Then it would be demonic, right? Um, I don't know because that's the thing. We don't know the capabilities of the energies that we're interacting with. Uh, there's not an exact science to it. Um, that's why, it, like I said earlier about reading the mind, like trying to see if these entities can read minds. Um. And even even if it were able to tell the future or if it were able to read your mind, does that necessarily mean it's demonic or maybe it's just a powerful entity? Well, I mean, if you ask it, like, what's the lottery number is going to be? Ghost's not going to be able to tell you that, but a demon could tell you it. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't tried it yet. Well, we might have to try that. Bam, I just see. solved the problem. <laughs> but anyways, in in this case, um, we, we had a guest um, named Ryan. Um, he is more of an urban explorer. Uh, but he does investigate uh, from time to time. Uh, so him and I broke off from the group and we went into the chapel and we're using a twist top flashlight. And the way those, what you do is you take the flashlight and you set it on, you know, a, a table or something where it can sit straight up and you twist it where it's almost on. And then you ask questions and it can use the, it can twist the flashlight on and off to answer your questions. Uh, now, this one is by far, in my opinion, the best flashlight session I've ever had during an investigation. Um, also, I I go back at the end of the night uh, to do a spirit box session. I go by myself in the chapel uh, just to try to see, to verify what we found out earlier. Sorry, you might hear a meow. My cat's down here now. She's going nuts. Last podcast we had. Oh, if I'll you wait. were here during the 1940s, can you make that as bright as possible, please? That's a negative. Yeah. If you were here in the 1950s, can you make that as bright as possible, please? If you were here in the 1960s, can you make that as bright as possible, please? The 70s is when it closed down, right? Uh, I think it was 96. Oh. Yeah. If you were here in the 70s, can you make that light as bright as possible? Damn. All right. You were a prisoner. Did you act as the minister of the church? If so, can you turn the light as bright as possible, please? 
that as yes? I'm taking that as a yes. Yeah, stop flickering. Yeah. So just to conclude, if you were the minister of this church in the 1970s, can you turn that light off completely? Thank you. Wow. Thank you very much. Why do you thank them? Got manners for some ghostly people. Well, that's that's the thing you have to do, and that's that's one thing I hate about some. I won't say the name of the TV show, but it's probably the most popular TV show. Uh, a lot of these investigators investigators come in, and they if they're not getting stuff, they'll get angry and they'll start talking shit and start saying, you know, I'm here to to talk to you. Like, why are you being a dick and not interacting? Like stuff like that, and like. I feel like no matter what the energy is that you're interacting with, whether it presents itself as a demon, whether it presents itself as a, a psychopath or murderer or anything, I, I feel like if you treat that entity with respect, you're going to get better results. You're going to get more interaction. They're going to be more inclined to interact with you because if, if someone's yelling at you and being a dick, are you going to want to talk to them? Probably not. So you might as well be respectful and they're going to be respect more res more inclined to be respectful. You may still get your ball balls grabbed in a hole in the basement, but, you know, it's less likely if you're uh, going in with a respectful tone. Yeah. So uh, it, when after we did this session, uh, the workers were in the main building. Uh, they just have some people like a lot of these larger locations will have some workers there. They won't go throughout the buildings or bother your investigation. My cat just took a shit behind me, so that's uh, her doing the litter box. Uh, if you hear a scratching noise, that's not demons. Uh, but uh, they'll have workers there, and they're just kind of overseeing to make sure you're not breaking shit or answer any questions. So I asked the two women working there, I'm like, what, what, what's the name of the of the minister uh, who would have been you know, in the 70s? They said, that, oh, this pastor, I know his last name's Hoyt. I want to say it was James Hoyt. Um so I decide, like, at the end of the night, like, because we all broke up into different groups, everybody went into, um, oh, what is the name of the building? The sh they call it the Sugar Shack. Uh, and that's where a lot of the really bad stuff happened uh, to prisoners, because it was like a rec room for prisoners. And it was really blocked off from guards. So that's where a lot of the, you know, the the grapes, uh, if you know what I mean, would happen. Um so everybody went to the sugar shack and I'm like, you know what, I, that's going to be busy. There's a lot of people uh, on this investigation. I'm going to go back to the chapel and see if I can confirm if it was uh, if it was Reverend Hoyt. So I'm using a spirit box and unfortunately I just had a body cam on me because I didn't feel like lugging all my stuff. So it's it's a little rough as far as the audio and visual. Goes. I just wanted to see, were we interacting with Mi Minister Hoyt? Is that your name? Tell me. Oh man, dude, my cat just dropped the biggest duke ever right behind me. All <laughs> right, let's not fucking mention it. Uh, we'll wrap it up here. We got it's almost been an hour 45 anyway. Spotify has an issue with trying to share screen videos and stuff. Like oh, that. do you want me to stop sharing? Um, I mean, is there anything else you'd like want to get to before? Um, I'll do like one more. Yeah. There, I'm dressed up like a doctor at Wildwood. Um, I'll just do we're coming out with the next documentary. Um, it was I did an investigation myself at a place called 1806 Antiques. Uh, while I was investigating there, Troy, Phil, and Sean 
were at uh, Indiana State Sanitarium. Uh, and we actually did a remote Estes method where I was doing the Estes method up in the attic here, and they were asking me questions through our stream yard. Um, and then we did it. Sean was uh, doing the Estes method and I was asking him questions. So our, what we wanted to do was see if if I'm asking questions from 1806 and Sean's doing the Estes method in Indiana State Sanitarium, is he going to be channeling the spirits of Indiana State Sanitarium or is he going to be channeling the spirits of 1806, even though yeah. we're states away? Uh, we also did a lot of other stuff, um, but I got some cool interactions. Did Who's on the other side of this curtain? So this is probably the best EVP ever. I'm not going to say what it means, but... It is ridiculous. Was the energy trapped in this fireplace? And when they opened it, did the energy disperse throughout the building? Is this the source of the energy? <laughs> All right, I'll stop sharing. But the uh, the challenger. So I did an evidence reveal with the owner um, and a couple of the people that work there and they have a house historian. Um, and I wasn't even going to include it because it didn't seem relevant to the location. But when I played the the reel, they said, did that just say the challenger? I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just included it because it was a pretty clear EVP. And they they tell me something absolutely mind blowing. I'll tell you off screen because I don't want to spoil it because that's like probably the biggest thing of okay. the documentary, but it is absolutely insane. And it's pieces of evidence like that, that, that just make you want to keep doing it. It's, it's just insane. A lot of these locations are like time capsules, especially the ones like that was built in 1806. So you're going to get so you got, you know, 200 years of history that has gone through there and you're going to get so many different interactions and even the even though it has a house historian, they're not going to know everything. So you can expand on the history of locations, and it's amazing when that stuff happens. Do you find that you're becoming more of an old soul because you keep going to these places? Um, I already felt like I was kind of an old soul. I mean, I, I'm obviously uh, a jag and 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 do crazy crazy things and and bring a lot of uh, heightened energy, but. You know, now now I'm a dad, so it's like you know when I'm not investigating, uh, I'm just you know kind of boring, I guess. <laughs> um, through all the documentaries that you've done so far, and ones that you have future ones planned, I mean, do you get more of a sense of like I don't I wouldn't say a sense, but more of an appreciation for just wanting to make films a little bit? Um, yes and no. Uh, I I feel personally like I'm more of an investigator. I'm obviously, I mean, we had the title, put your title here on the evidence reel. I am not very good at editing. Uh, I'm not very good at videography. Um, we do have uh, some some part-time videographers that, that will uh, go on investigations with us now, uh, which I think is kind of nice. I still set up my tripods and, you know, have the camera going. Um, but I, I feel once... Once I get some of my personal stuff figured out, I, I feel like I'm really going to deep dive into documentaries. And I feel like 
I'm going to analyze evidence because I feel like, you know, that's that's my favorite thing to do is go through the evidence and see what we get. But I want to be able to take those video clips and give them to somebody else to edit and put together the actual, you know, the actual uh, documentary itself. I still want to produce it in a way where I have some control over the narrations and I want to be able to kind of have, you know, my theories and, and whatnot in the documentary. But I would kind of like to pass the torch as far as, you know, video editing and everything, because I'm, I'm not a video editor at all. Well, you know, I appreciate all the stuff you do, especially compiling clips together for this uh, podcast. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And I enjoy talking with you again. But is there a place where people can find any of your links? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Bump in the Night Society. Uh, we're big on TikTok. Uh, I always say I'm not a big TikToker. Uh, um, we, we have a really diverse group. We have uh, people who focus on investigating and people who focus on, you know, social media and, and different aspects. Uh, so we're real big on TikTok. Uh, I think we have like 200 some thousand followers there. Um, we're trying to get boost up our YouTube page. We just hit a uh, thousand uh, subscribers. So definitely uh, hit that up. Uh, that's where we put the majority of our evidence clips. Um, but yeah, I mean, just the basics, uh, Facebook, I think we have two groups on there. We have a private page and a public page. Uh, you can subscribe to both, uh, the public page. I think we have like 30 some thousand followers on there now. And, uh, Instagram, I don't even know how many followers we have on there. I don't really Instagram either. I'm an old guy. So I just really Facebook and, and YouTube. That's about it. Well, I'll link all your links in the description. It's been a pleasure chatting and thanks everybody for listening to this episode of the Blink Podcast.